everybody. Welcome to episode 102 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Alberton, and who's drinking coffee with me tonight? Michael K. Hughes. Please, call me Michael. That's what everyone calls me. <clears throat> uh, only not. <laughs> <laughs> and hey. our special guest? Uh, I'm Elise. Hi, welcome aboard. And where do my people know you from? <laughs> uh, so I'm a reporter at the Washington Post. Uh, I was formerly at Game Informer. But yeah, now I'm at the post at Launcher, which is our video games vertical. So I've been doing that for the past year. And people can find me on Twitter at Elise Babas. Thank you for joining us on a very, very weird game. <laughs> very weird, very charming at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with that, too. And before I go too far, I should say, there. first, I think I should introduce what game we're playing. We're going to be talking about Deadly Premonition from X- Access Games came out in 2010. Okay. On my birthday in 2010, February no 23rd, which I knew about for the last 15 minutes or so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I should put a we will be should put a trigger warning disclaimer, one of those words that we are going to get in some talk about sexual assault. We're going to talk about really weird uh, stuff, child um, abuse. Child abuse. <laughs> yeah, that does not make you tough when you get yeah, it's just child abuse. I like that line uh, when he says that. I'm like, yeah. Just so we're going to get some deep stuff. So you've been warned. Anything else I should say that we're going to talk about that is something that should be uh, warning? Uh, I don't Mid- think so. I think that okay. kind of covers it, right? Midwestern rural towns. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll go with that. I mean, that does fit. <laughs> does fit this game. So we, we played this game just because this was an, an older pick that is on is still on here because of Helena ended up guessing on it. So I'm like, okay, we'll keep it because I otherwise I, think I wasn't so sure about playing this game again. Because this game is creepy. Uh, <laughs> so, did you guys play this game back when it came out in 2010 or 2011, around that time? No, I played it a little later, like maybe a few years later. Um, I actually played part of it with Helena at some point. Um, yeah, the first time was... I played it with was, or excuse me, was with Elise. So, um... yeah, that was a few years ago. But yeah, so I, I I don't know exactly what year I started like started actually playing it, but it's been it's been a it's been a bit of time. I own it. Like, I got it pre-owned at some point. I don't remember picking this up. It must have been word of mouth because that cover is not doing it any favors. I sure wouldn't have picked it up based on that. <laughs> no, not you. I totally would have. I love the cover. <laughs> <laughs> that tracks. You hate horror, so. Oh, yeah. You know, so I want to tell you, Mike. Um, so, Lise, I, I come on the show when uh, Mike has a good horror episode because that's my favorite genre now. But, like, Mike, as backstory, I did not used to play horror until Elise got me into it. Oh, wow. Oh, I didn't know that. Shoot. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I was such a, like, scare baby um, before we started gaming. And now, like, that's the only genre I want to play. So it's all your fault. Uh, awesome. Well, you're welcome. Horror's the best. <laughs> the one genre I try to stay far away from. Yet I've covered <laughs> much of it that I forced you into. <laughs> uh, you were forcing me to play Resident Evil 7 next year, but that's about it. Mm. <laughs> I'm okay. That's a good game from what I remember. So yeah. this, I actually bought this game on release day because it was $20 and I saw an ad. Wow. And I was like, oh, it really? It was $20 when it came out. Wow. And I picked it up that day. I don't know why. I don't remember what. I just remember biking to GameStop and picking it up because I didn't have a car. That's what I, and, and I remember playing it and being like really weird as hell and realized I can't play this in front of my son. <laughs> <laughs> At least you learned that right away. Oh yeah, real quick. I, Cause at first I'm like, oh, this ain't so bad. And then all of a sudden when the shadows come up, I'm like, oh, we're done putting this away. <laughs> it, yeah, it's a, it's a freaky ass game with the, the, with the comes to fighting, but it's also, yep. so this game is a third person 
shooter, but not really. In quotations, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't originally supposed to have combat from what I read, and the publisher looked at it and was like, oh, you need to throw some combat in there. So or that's else it's why not the combat sell. is so bad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was an afterthought. I mean, which makes sense, because this game is all about the story. Like, even the story... Does the story start out in the Red Room, if I'm remembering correctly? Yes. Yeah, it does. That, oh, uh, did we talk about spoilers? There's going to be spoilers. I, if we didn't. Didn't <laughs> I feel like it's hard to get around spoilers if we're talking about this I don't, game. Yeah. Spoilers. We spoil everything in this show. <laughs> you would think okay. people would learn at this point, but, I mean, just to be safe. Yeah, I try to say it. Like, hell, I covered that one game, Summerland, that came out that same day, so... <laughs> spoilers for deadly premonition so you've been warm warm yeah i can't talk today <laughs> perfect for a podcast <laughs> <laughs> so this so even like the way that this game starts off it's very twin very twin peaks is inspired completely by twin peaks which i've never completely seen all the way through for some mm, reason that's interesting i didn't know yeah, that. It's, it's got that weird kind of quirky vibe and yeah it it feels like it's a mix of like Twin Peaks and almost like the video game version of the room. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally see that. I wish yeah. I could, I sort of get that reference, but I've never seen the room. Oh I'm so god. Sorry. You, <laughs> Why you, not? you need to just for Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. It's that same kind of reputation of it's so bad it's good, but also like the the awfulness kind of makes for charm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I thought of the room. <laughs> I mean, because this is a lot some of some kind of cult following. Yeah, so bad it's good. I mean, that is so right on for it. Game, I I was going like when we first like I did not want to play this for the show. I was very upset <laughs> that I had to play this and at first, but it's just like the way because partly I, I guess I, there's a lot of there's a lot of talking. I I was calling this game Metal Gear Premonition a couple different times when I was talking about it. No, <laughs> so, I got. I got Metal Gear Solid 3 vibes, like, immediately in that first cutscene where the twins find Anna, and it's like, yep. the white snake crawling around her, and everything looks like PS2 textures. I'm like, <laughs> this is Metal Gear. Yeah. Yeah, you, like you said, even aesthetically, it definitely looks like it. But That's the music a, is just tones. straight oh, jazz. Oh my god, the music. I, I, I'm excited to talk about the music. <laughs> like, this is the one episode where I wish we could have music samples in the episode, just so we can put that Life is Beautiful whistling theme, because it's so good. Oh my god. So like I've been rewatching some of the cutscenes and like every time I go to bed now there's just that whistle theme in my head <laughs> as I try to sleep. It's amazing. <sighs> I forgot about that whistling until I picked until I loaded this up on PC and I'm like, oh yeah, this again. <laughs> it just comes like it's every second scene, I swear to God. Because <laughs> I think the first time you hear it is when uh York is having breakfast with the uh, the inn lady uh, da, 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 at the da. hotel. Pe- Penny, Polly, uh, Polly. Polly, yeah. <laughs> and the music started playing. I'm like, well, that's a tonal shift. What what is this game? <laughs> yeah, I think that was the moment for me too. Like when like when you meet Polly with her bad posture, and I was just like, this game is. I don't know what it's doing, and I don't know how to feel about it yet. But I'm she has, it, I guess, she has severe scoliosis. I am concerned about her spine. That poor, <laughs> poor woman. Yeah, yeah. It's York is also like super rude to her, like all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they take turns ignoring each other. It's kind of, it's kind of fitting. Yeah, he's kind of an asshole to most people, though. He, he is. He's like, he's very blunt. I don't think he thinks he's an asshole at all. 
I think it just comes that way. Like, I think it's just his personality. He's just, like, very to the point, very blunt, and then, like, it puts people off. Well, I mean, if you were all of a sudden talking to someone, you just put your hand on your mouth, turn your face a little bit, and start talking to someone else that's not even there. Like, wow, this guy really does not like That's more than rude, though. That's just insane. (laughs) (laughs) I love that just brush over that right away. Like, hey, don't ask me about Zach, all right? Or just, I don't want to talk about it. When I when I first played this, I thought I was Zach. I thought, okay, he's talking to the player, and he's talking quietly where they can't hear him. But then I realized very quickly, like, no, they can hear him just fine. I feel like that's the idea. I think he is, though. Yeah. Yeah, where you, it's kind of a uh, audience surrogate, so they can dump exposition on you without just being weird about it. Well. A different kind of weird, I guess. It, like, kind of works, but also kind of doesn't, because it also sort of falls apart in that ending if, like, where the player doesn't <laughs> completely make sense, but, yeah. Y'all, I'm ready to psychology the shit out of this. However, if we want to wait until later yes. on in the game to go into I'm my excited. theory about that. Is I, this going to be, like, a Silent Hill 2 episode all over again? Yes. <laughs> of course it is. That's still my favorite episode we've done. It was good. Aw, thanks, man. <laughs> But so like I want to say, doesn't this game start off with the showing the scene of her and the tree? Isn't oh yeah, that's in the intro credits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really messed up too, where you just see a blonde girl tied up to a tree, cut open with a dress or something like wrapped around her, and it's yeah. This yeah, this game gets grotesque. Kind of like it, it, I don't know if you guys have watched Hannibal, uh, the, mm-hmm. the new yes. like the the TV the television one that came out like a couple years ago. Yeah, like the the kind of very grotesque killings made me think a lot of of that it's very artistic like mm-hmm. like very and, creative <laughs> and yeah okay so like here's here's a fun side note about me i'm really interested in serial killers and like autopsies and all of that kind of creepy stuff so the thing that struck me about anna was that she was positioned very ritualistically and like yes. so if you look at if you think about like Christian influences, of course she looks like she's on the cross, but um, the way she's displayed when killers like bear the body like that, it's pretty much like an act of hubris, like a big fuck you to anyone who looks at it. Like I did this because I'm God and I can kill anyone. Ooh, and that, and falls, been... that, that actually makes sense with the game, like mm-hmm. the story mm-hmm. as well, where it goes. Huh? Mm-hmm. That's a neat note. What if I I've been I... watching castle lately and there's a lot of that in that show. Hey, so huh. when are you going to watch Hannibal with your wife? Uh, maybe after Castle, but uh, I'll, I'll let <laughs> it's you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. I mean, it's just like, I don't know, I think, and I had forgotten how grotesque some of the killings were and how, like, violent this game gets. I had forgotten all that since it's been 10 years. Yeah. The sound effects, too, that go with the, like, you know, some of them are, like, wrapped in, like, barbed wire and stuff, and you kind of <laughs> hear the the wires and stuff like, Oh, everything about it is so uncomfortable. Uh-huh. And, um, it holds up like those, they're, they're gross and scary moments. That, uh, that's Becky, right? That's yeah. surrounded by all the wires, man. That scene is tense. Like I was oh, actually gosh. on edge. Yeah, me too. This whole game does that. Like it, I like how it's interesting how it jumps around a lot. Like you have these scenes where you're tracking down the killer or you find a, it's a you know, a murder scene like we we're talking about. And you, and then it goes away from that. And you're running around a town doing random side quests, working at the, working at a, at a grocery store, pushing crates around. <laughs> I know it's very video gamey, but still it's like, it just feels so odd in this game, but at the same time it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And then we we take a break and go into Grand Theft Auto for a little bit too. (laughs) (laughs) I I like it that it changes so much that it's just you here you are in this town, you're an FBI agent that's here to because this murder happened and it's very odd. So they send in the FBI and they send in one agent and you're just here trying to follow this case. And as weird things keep happening, but again, it's kind of normal to you. And it's all because uh, I think it was pretty quickly they realized that she had the red seeds in, in her mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's why it works mm-hmm. here, because it okay. ties into the other killings he had been working on that had the red seeds involved with them. So quick question. When does the game take place? Is it set in 2010 or is it earlier than that? I want to say I it's like think 2007. It's... Yeah, it's supposed to be like early 2000s, right? Because then they mentioned the 1950s at one point. Because I, I think the second game is a prequel and it takes place the year before. Okay, okay. So, yeah, it it strikes me as weird that the FBI would only send one person and a criminal profiler before having that seed. And, like, that's... This is dumb and nitpicky, but, like, I feel like they would send more than one person and definitely conduct their own autopsy. Because a criminal profiler is not not trained in autopsies. That part really killed me in this game. <laughs> <laughs> See, I wouldn't have known that part or really thought much about it. I thought a lot about it. <laughs> I was really angry about it. <laughs> I was angry about other parts of this game. <laughs> well, the oh, okay. So, so the autopsy. It's right at the beginning, like um, after they take the the victim Anna's body in, and the the mortician or the person performing the autopsy is like. Yeah, we noticed this thing in her hands and her stomach is cut open and her mouth was open. And like, then you play as York and you look at her and perform your own autopsy and then find the exact same things as the guy just said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh, yeah. (laughs) But then he's a dick about it and he's like, "Hmm, but I also notice that her tongue is missing. It's the kiss of death. (laughs) Oh, man, when you find out why her tongue's missing, I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, when you're replaying this game after you kind of, like, you know the story beat, there are so many little things that hint hint at you that keep trying to tell you, like, hey, why don't you look over here? Look over here. And it didn't click. Like, early on, your car crashes because you end up seeing the raincoat. The raincoat killer, which I am still trying to figure out if if the murderer actually put the raincoat on or just a idea that it was showing off in the in when he went to Silent Hill every so often. I can't really tell. <laughs> so, I mean, that's how I that's how I took it. I always took it as as the actual killer was putting on the raincoat till I was playing the game this time, and I watched somebody talk about this said it's supposed to be like a representation of that of the killer, not actually the killer wearing a raincoat. Uh-huh. I oh, think. I I saw a lot of back and forth about that online, about the killer as well. Like, if there actually was one there or not. Well, I mean, there are there are hints of, like, other characters that are are missing at the same time that you're off running around in crazy land mm-hmm. that could fit that what's going on. I still a- don't fully understand what the hell the, the Silent Hill areas are. My understanding is that he has a psychic connection to the spiritual world that when he goes to these places, he's not actually in the place. He's like the spiritual world grabs him and pulls him into Silent Hill or Foggy World, they call it, whatever they call it. And he's able to see clues of what's going on. And he's fighting the shadows of the people that died in this town. Is that what what somebody I was listening to online talked about it? And I was kind of like, okay, this kind of makes sense. Yeah, that sounds about right. I was really confused. 
So is his body still in the real world? Is he just like staring at a wall for the entire time he's in this place? (laughs) His mind is rolling back. (laughs) (laughs) My theory is that he's dissociating during those episodes and that his brain is trying to work out or like process what he's been seeing. And so that's kind of his way of working it out is that he has this really rich interior life where he imagines all these scenarios that help him like unpack what he's seeing. That's a good way Ooh, to put I it. I really like that. Yeah. Thank I mean, you. Especially as, as the story goes on, you understand like who York is and who Zach is and why, what's happening. Yeah. Like it, that makes sense. It does make sense. <laughs> yeah. Especially with, um, Folks who have really significant trauma, it's very normal to live like a very uh, daydreamy life. Yeah, makes sense. And I mean, that's what this game is a lot of like him just, you know, not accepting what's ha- or not being faithed by what's happening because he's already had such trauma happen to him and he's mm-hmm. not there completely. Yeah. And some that he's completely, you know, pushed out of his head, right? Yeah. Until until the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, because well, if he had a, if he could remember what happened, and the whole game would have been over like halfway through. <laughs> <Right? laughs> the bullet just ripped, so we're done. Game over. <laughs> right, come on, York, get your shit together. <laughs> Years ago, we're done. So yeah, then he would have had the final boss in Polly's end, and that would have been weird. The final boss fight would have been a very very short game. <laughs> I would have liked it more. I wish it was like a was a Far Cry Four where you can just sit there at the beginning and you get a totally yes. different ending. I wish it was <laughs> yes. like if you went in with the knowledge and it like gives you the option to just shoot the the person you know is wrong and it just gives you credits. I love Far Cry Four for that secret ending. Oh, it's, it's so good! I love that game. It's so brilliant. <laughs> so so yeah, York York gets to Greenvale and then he meets Emily Wyatt and George Woodman, who are the sheriffs. Of the town. I'm and Emily is amazing and George yes. sucks. Yes. So. <laughs> I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I love Emily. I really do. I think everyone loves Emily and I didn't expect it to be like the crux of the story that you're supposed <laughs> to love Emily. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like for an early 360 uh, character model, hers is among the best. It's kind of crazy the amount of attention they gave her and mm-hmm. turns out there's a reason for that mm-hmm. yeah yeah we'll get there but i i have <laughs> no i and i and i remembered that like mike was playing this game before i i started and he's like oh i got the emily i'm like oh yeah emily's great <laughs> <laughs> she's the more she's the most like sensible too so it's easy to like when everyone else is just kind of out of their minds or you know like she's the the most down to earth so i think it's easier to relate to emily because she's a lot of the time when, like, George says something's crazy or York says something crazy, she's kind of like, what is wrong with you guys? No, we shouldn't do that. So I'm just like, yes, Emily. Yes. <laughs> I like that, too. She's, you are right. Like, because, well, George, he's crazy because he knows what's going on. So he's, like, trying to cover things. You notice that he's, like, trying to sweep things out of the rug sometimes. And York's just, I, I, don't, I don't know what's up with York half the time. This game. <laughs> Not a very good profiler sometimes. No, no, he's not. He's a terrible profiler. <laughs> there's a scene like there's a when you were talking about the autopsy, there's a scene that didn't really click with me. That, it clicked with me this time. The first time I didn't get it because you're not supposed to. Where he's like, oh, a passionate man killed this killed this woman. And he's like, George, you're a passionate man. It's like, what are you saying? And I, I'm like, ah, I like that part. It made so much more sense this time playing through. Yeah, I mean, like he was right, but also like a passionate man. Shut up. 
<laughs> stupid. It's like, yeah, I mean, the man there's... cut out her tongue, cut her open. I don't think the word passionate is the word that I would be looking for when I'm exactly. Why? Why are we romanticizing that? Like, it's a good thing. Extreme it... violence. Good thing it wasn't yeah. a pretentious man that killed her, or else people suspect York. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those weird, like I. It's just there as you know, as to kind of you know, if you know the story, you know the story. But it, it felt like did that really? I mean, just say you know, a man that's deranged or you know, dehinge or so many other words. I felt would have worked. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. God, I mean, like killing somebody like that like, to be that you know, I mean, I know he, the person, the killer is doing it because it's ritualistic and they think they're going to become a god. But still, to be able to cut a person open, like I think you have to be pretty, pretty messed up. Yeah, that's a pretty pretty visceral way to kill someone. And like they said it was just one clean cut from the top to the bottom, which do you know how much like effort that takes to cut someone from for that Not far? No. Yeah, <laughs> that is some commitment. Right. Yeah. Or a really sharp knife. Both. <laughs> yeah, these these deaths take a lot of uh dedication, right? Yeah. So I guess they kind of are a crime of passion of sort, right? But calling the killer a passionate man, I agree, definitely glorifies the killings. Well, as my wife just messaged me because she's listening to me talk, she said there are different kinds of passion. It's not always associated with love and lust. That's fair. Mm-hmm. It is fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, he's just like this terrible art student. He's like, gosh, I'm just making my art. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to paint passion. Jeez. <laughs> oh, but I mean, that's the thing. It's like, like all the murders, I think what there's four. I want to say what three or four girls that get killed, not including the final stuff for I the remember uh, the exact number. And it's Becky, it's Diane. Girl. Yeah, Diane. Okay, Diane. Diane's commitment to art when like she had been like hanging from the ceiling and they dropped her down and she starts looking at the statue and she's like, this statue. Uh, oh, man. Good want <laughs> this to penetrate you. It's an uncomfortable <laughs> scene. Her tongue is missing. I'm like, ma'am, how much adrenaline do you have in your system how right now? How are you even talking? <laughs> Spitting blood all the while. Is <laughs> Diane the one that's above, it's in the art museum that's hanging up above the yes. statue, right? Yeah. And first thing, how the hell do they tie her up there that, that quickly? Was my first thought too. Like how? Like not even quickly. Like how? Without building a ladder and a scaffolding and all this crap? No way. Yeah, it's it's impossible. <laughs> That's the one that kind of got me. I'm like, I can buy the others. Like with um, you find out with the first girl that I can't remember her name. All of a sudden, Anna. Anna, that she was taken somewhere else and killed ritualistically, and you find out that she was drugged, and that's why he was able to kill her, and then. Diane, the one that really got me, because I don't think she was drugged. I, I can't remember. It's a it's a weird thing to jump back and forth where you find out they're drugging they're drugging these people before they kill them with red seas that overdose mm-hmm. you or something. I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that there's I yeah I, I when I first played this game there's like there's a scene later on where you find out that the red sea the red seeds make you hallucinate and are an aphrodisiac and then when I there's certain lines the character makes like I know just how to make those seeds sprout and I'm like oh. Yeah, I don't get there. Yeah, I don't want to get there yet. Yeah. I don't want to get there at all. Ten years ago, but twenty twenty, yeah. I'm like, no, pretty like, gross. So Anna's name, her name is Anna Graham, and I thought that it was like a, a nudge nudge anagram. So I went through this entire game like looking at people's names, like, well, do I rearrange it and it spells out raincoat or something? And nothing. <laughs> it's just coincidence, apparently. Well, I do know that That's some of the some of the things are based on Twin Peaks. 
items. Like, I know some of the buildings are based on Twin Peak locations from the show. That makes sense. Because this is set in Washington State, I want to say. Is there an anagram in Twin Peaks? I'd have to have watched it all to tell you that. <laughs> okay. I I don't know. I just know Twin Peaks is loved and is very quirky and... But I don't yeah. think it's anagram. It does have a lot of weird stuff. It does have like the red room type thing where he's like in his head. I mean, that's in Twin Peaks, something of that nature. Uh, I think it's actually called the red room. It that. is. <laughs> yeah. And the, I think it's the second killing we kind of mentioned a little bit. Beck, is it Becky, the one that where he she's in her mansion of a house yeah, and he ties up with, with ropes? Right. That one. That one gets me like, oh, okay, that's the one you guys are talking about where she's starting to spit out the blood or was that Diane? No, that's that's Diane. Mm-hmm. Becky's the one that has a key somehow shoved down her throat that you need to open up a, a thing that she spits out when they when she dies, which makes yeah. no sense. But video games. But uh, George insisting on cutting the uh, the wire there, and York's telling him, "No, don't do it." And that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How much time would it take to set up a trap like that? Like, that's another one where, like, I mean, not as it's not as like elaborate as the Diane murder, but still, like, that would take a lot of time to put all those ropes. I feel like, like, just like that. That's a lot of time, and also, like, your your victim has to be very um, compliant, and everything has to happen perfectly in order for that to happen. Which in in real world or the real world, um, it's not going to happen like that. I sound like a serial killer. I swear I'm not. But like, um, <laughs> well, too late. You're on some kind of watch list now. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, they. There is just so much. There must be so much planning involved there. I mean, it, it made me think of Saw too, in a way. Just yeah, like, very elaborate traps, and with, some with triggers. You know that that are just like you know like we're talking about with with Becky. You know the wire is cut. And that sets things off. So, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I, I wonder if, like, just like Saw, like, it's kind of like a game for the for the murderer. Well, it's sure. all part of his whole, like, the whole point of the murderer is that to do the ceremony so that way he can become yeah life or something. But it doesn't have to be as elaborate, though. Like, we see what the ritual needs, right? It doesn't ask for these sort of extra steps of, like, artistic kind of thing. Oh, it's, be- it's because he's passionate. Right. <laughs> a little crazy. Yeah. Just a little crazy. Exactly. A passionate man, indeed. The part that really got me about George, where he, I was like, even before, like, even be just one thing that really got me about George, I want to say, is like, there's a one part in when you're talking to him, things are still normal in the game. And you find out that he he wanted to date Emily when she first came to town. She was 16. I'm like, OK. And like, oh, he was 32. I'm like, yeah, that, that yeah, OK. <laughs> <sighs> That made me like, like the character even less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, okay, so like going back to this like passionate man thing, if you look at all the killers in the game, they all have severe mommy issues and all have like issues with women. And we also see that mm-hmm. in the way that they perpetrate sexual violence towards women and like the tearing out of their tongues. So I think like <sighs> calling on passionate when honestly they just need to go talk to a therapist about their mommy issues. <laughs> It is an, an overstatement. So there is should... a fair amount of sexism in this game. Oh. Yeah. Man, you should really go see a therapist. Man, that's expensive. I think I'm just going to go kill some people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make my own kind of therapy. <laughs> oh. Well, <laughs> yeah, all the, yeah. I mean, there, yeah, there's definitely a lot of sexism in this game. Oh. From, from York, too. 
the way he talks to women and the way he talks to Emily, the way he is kind of infatuating over her. And yeah, I don't know. Sucks. Just, yeah. Like I, the, to the, the scene where he asks to see George and <laughs> Emily's back, back to check for the tattoo. Like that, that whole, the whole part with Emily is just like uncomfortable. I'm like, Oh God. And also, like, why would you just you need, and the whole reason he even checking for that picture or pick, checking their back for tattoos because he found a Polaroid picture of a guy of a person with a tattoo on their back. And I'm he, just like, he's such a bad like FBI agent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's funny because like that the, those those moments are like or uh, like when he has these really arbitrary clues that he puts together and somehow they make sense. <laughs> like that's what like killed me half the time i was just like really you just found like documents in a waterfall like while fishing <laughs> what his whole profiling system where he can like see bits and pieces of what actually happened he's got to have some kind of like deadly premonition to <laughs> to be able to uh, actually uh-huh. yeah i don't know what he puts in his coffee but fk <laughs> fk coke I like how like we had none of the game actually happens. He's just drugged up and Polly's in the whole game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know that could work though. Like the whole game could just be him hallucinating. And he did. There's a picture. Yeah. One of the characters in the end that he's like, oh well, he just saw that picture, and so he just started hallucinating the whole time. (laughs) Yep. It's all just a fever dream. (laughs) Sure plays like it. (laughs) Accurate. Yeah. Yeah, it does kind of play like a... Okay, we got to talk about the cars. We haven't done that yet. Was it just me that had the car making a terrible... Like, really loud in my ears where I had to take the freaking <laughs> headphones, plug it in, and not wear them so I wouldn't hear it? So you played the the director's cut, right, on PC. And apparently each new version of this game somehow makes it just a little bit worse <laughs> from what I read. Like the 360 original base game is apparently the, runs the smoothest for some reason. So I didn't have that. But whenever you turn on the siren, the police car just goes. Brrr. Police car go burr. It was terrible. It, I have not heard a more annoying sound in a very long time. In my ears like that while playing the game. I just every time I been listening. I mean, other than that, the driving didn't bother me. No, as it's long as you okay. don't. As long as you don't touch that handbrake. <laughs> it's like hitting I, a banana yeah, peel in Mario Kart every once in a while, but <laughs> <sighs> I mean, I often crash and no one does anything. They're just like <laughs> doing their monologue, no big. <laughs> yeah, like I, I love when in, uh, open world games. I mean, this is obviously a completely different scale, but like GTA Five, when they actually will be like, "Oh my god, you're driving like crazy! Why didn't you just hit that person? Oh my god!" <laughs> like I love the interruptions. <laughs> Yep. Oh, yeah, this game one is just, like, continuous monologue, even though we just, like, <laughs> went off the road. <laughs> I think York funny. is just so odd, no one wants to deal with him. It's like, oh, that's an FBI guy. He's always talking to himself. Just, God, just let him hit whatever he wants. We'll fix it when he leaves. <laughs> I mean, it is a small town, and they are a little deranged of a small town. So, I mean... Oh, it, absolutely. I also don't like small towns at all. But <laughs> I don't. I I used I just I I can't stand them. I, I I'm a I'm a city guy my whole life and I I have to be. Not every well, town is Silent me. Hill, Mike. I know. <laughs> I, still, I just don't like it. I wouldn't like a town where everybody knows who you are and knows your business and everything. I just that's accurate. That's fair. Mm-hmm. 
Like, cause in in this game, like one another thing about it, like most of a lot of the characters are so fleshed out. Like I and I didn't run into any of them because I didn't do any of the side quests. But <laughs> you can literally just go up there talking to people at different times of the day, and there's like there's a time system in this game, and you get hungry, you get tired, right? And somehow alcohol makes you not tired, but okay. And <laughs> smoking changes your stamina because Emily can run without pausing because she doesn't smoke, but your cast to stop. Yeah. Huh. I didn't catch that. That makes sense. Me neither. Yeah. I thought he just had to stop because the, the game didn't want you to run the entire time, but that makes more sense. Well, yeah, but shitty. using the siren in the police car also runs up your stamina. Well, because yeah. he's hearing that terrible sound. Like, oh my god, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you can only stand it for so long. <laughs> oh. I'm glad my son never played this game because he would have had the siren just playing nonstop. Oh my god. I mean, it games. does make you go like five miles an hour faster, so. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, because you, you top out at, like, 35 for the normal police cars, and you jam that thing on, and you're up to, like, 40. It's 50. I, it <laughs> only it's 50. take the SUV, because one point I took the, S, the the cop SUV, and then he drove really slow, and I never touched it again. It's got better turning. I'll give it that. But it's slow. It is slow. I, I also beat this game originally only using the handgun they give you in this game. <laughs> I, I, oh, wow. When I, that, that tracks with how you play games. <laughs> Uh, this time I did not, thankfully. So there's a couple weird things that we, we kind of have touched on a few of the different murders. I think we have, which one is Carol? It's Carol's, Carol's is Thomas's sister. Yeah. Okay. The, the That's what we haven't touched on yet. And she's Galaxy. the singer. Yes. The si- yeah, the singer. That's weird. I don't want to get there yet because I, I don't want to spoil what we're about to that, that, that we have to spoil stuff then. But so one other thing is like this game has a bunch of different mini games you can do in it, which we haven't mentioned. Like you can go fishing, you can just do random side quests that give you items. Like you can get a bunch of different melee weapons, which I never bothered to get because who needs melee when I have a gun? And you can just like <laughs> there's also so much no. like, <laughs> melee at all in this game. The melee, but the we- melee weapons are like very strong. They break. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. yeah. I, I don't like breaking weapons, by the way. I hate me neither. Was- Thank you. I can't Thank play you. I'm Breath of the Wild. How do you feel? I was about to ask you how you felt about Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I bought it for 60 bucks. I played it for two days and I got off the plateau and never, never touched it again. And my wife still makes fun of me for buying that game for $60 and not liking it. And I love Zelda. Somewhere in Texas, that. Bill Tucker is really upset right now and he doesn't know why. Don't give up Game Informer has the same, like, breakable weapons kind of sentiment. Just, I can't do it. Yeah. Be upset. Yeah, I like Dark Trading. Maybe that was a different person when I played Dark Cloud. That's good. You can find out how you feel about when we play Dead Rising. So, I mean, so I only use the guns with infinite ammo because I also don't like ammo in this game for some reason. Like, if a gun had... Because if, if I have a gun with infinite ammo and I have a gun that uses ammo, I don't care how weak it is, I'm going to use the infinite ammo gun because of stupidity in this case. But <laughs> I, I did get the infinite SMG, which I, I thought was cool because when I first played this game, I didn't do any of the side quests either. I didn't realize that there were infinite ammo weapons hidden in here because I just wanted to progress the story. I'm like, well, I'm trying to track down a killer. I should go track down the killer. Unlike if I'm playing a Final Fantasy game and the world's about to end. Nah, let's go do all the side quests. But <laughs> or games, I guess. So did you guys get any of the infinite weapons, Elise? Her- no, <clears throat> no, I didn't. I didn't really touch the side quests. So I can't talk on that too much. You didn't miss anything. Fair enough. That's what I this figured. is <laughs> one of those games where I definitely did some research before going in because I thought that this was going to be like the worst game we'd played on the show yet. So I'm like, <laughs> OK, I need to have this kind of uh, outline of what I need to do to make this game as painless as possible. So I got the infinite wrench, the SMG, the flamethrower I think No, and the Magnum for collecting all the bones throughout town. 
So uh, yeah, it, it helped. It seems like it was the developer's way of compensating for the bad combat since they didn't want it in there at all. It's like, oh, let's give them infinite weapons to make it a little less painless. Yeah, painful. I feel like the director's cut <clears throat> also like adds on to that idea, right? Where like there's no more difficulty options, everything's just kind of easier, so you can kind of blast your way through and just get back to the story. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I don't mind the fake RE4 combat though. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. <laughs> like, uh, is it? <laughs> I hated it at first. When I first started playing this for this episode, I was very angry in the first area. But once I got my infinite SMG midway through the game, I was like, okay, I'm fine now. I just hold down the trigger button Not and everything worst, dies. But yeah, mm. it's also just, it's just fine. And the way that the shadows hurt you by shoving their arm in your throat, I'm not okay with that. Yeah, that bothers me. We haven't talked about the shadows, though. They're kind of creepy. Like, this is it's the closest this game really gets to horror, is the weird, pale-faced, black eyes, moaning creatures that (laughs) walk bending over backwards towards you. I don't want to die. I feel so bad whenever I kill them, but just like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. <laughs> well, I did, but also I'm sorry. And also, you get a headshot, like headshot, and he, you know, like you, you hear what he was saying. It's so video gamey, and at the same time, not. Mm-hmm. You get money for headshots. You get money for everything in this game. I got twelve dollars for shaving. For like, sh- yeah, shaving. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you lose money if you don't change your clothes, and you start to stink. You'll lose money. Oh my god! It makes absolutely no, absolutely no sense. This game has everything. But, like, one of those skits where Stefan from SNL does it. Uh, stinky clothes, shadow-moving creatures, and gods who kill women. They're <laughs> <laughs> not wrong. Checks all the boxes. <laughs> what and else like, is there? I didn't. I, I saw that bone side quest that you did, Mike, and I, I was going to try it. But then when I heard that midway through the game, they take all your bones if you don't have them all, I was like, yeah, we're done. <laughs> yeah, because it just at some point... the. Uh, Willie will take however many bones you have. You just have to have them all before then. But yeah, they're yeah, they're all on the map. They're pretty easy to find. But driving sucks. Nah. You have to drive a lot, too. Yeah. It's just, ugh, kind well, of a not, drag, to be honest. Not one of us. Mike, you it's, want to talk about that? Uh, you get the fast the, travel. Oh, the radio, yeah. From uh, George. Where you you uh, get a flower on the side of the road, then you give it to him because it's his mom's favorite flower, who is very sick, which... Understatement of the year. Mm. And uh, yeah, he gives you the radio and all you do is use it in your menu and it pulls up a list of places you've been. You can just fast travel to it. Helps quite a bit. I never got that. I'm assuming none none of us did. Besides him. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just sitting here being like, I didn't have to drive. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very defeated right now. (laughs) But you only have have to do it before a certain chapter. Otherwise, it's not possible anymore. Okay. It locks. Uh, I went in with a list of things that was going to make this as easy as possible, and that that certainly helped. And you have to—you can only get the flower while it's raining too; otherwise, it won't even be on the map. Right. It's because nobody would go out in the rain, which I didn't realize that until later on when the the rich man tells me because the I don't talk to people in the game, <laughs> so I didn't. I watched most cutscenes in, in Metal Gear Premonition when I played it until near the end when I just got tired of <laughs> Metal Gear Premonition. It I really like feels that. like that when you're not in the mood for a story-heavy game. <laughs> Yeah. This game's it, the developers had this way. This game would have been all story and driving around at forty miles an hour. <laughs> you can't get the car go faster if you do side quests at the junk shop to get parts to upgrade your car. Oh yeah, I did read about that. I, that I did not do. 
I mean, you were fast traveling around. So, hey, that's why George gets around so fast and commit to, and can, can cause problems. <laughs> yeah. This has a radio, the fast travel. Yeah, I really wish they would, like, remake this game. Like, with what they know now, with gaming technology, I think this game could be really amazing. Yeah, I like, agree. I feel like there are actually genuinely good moments to, to Deadly Premonition. Like, I, I don't know, like, just York and Emily at that one point talking about their, like, respective pasts and kind of, you know, bonding and stuff. I don't know, there's just, like, there, there are moments where I was just like, yeah, like, I dig this a lot, or, like just the even just the overarching story in general um and the twin personalities and stuff so there there's a lot to like there's a lot of ambiguity to the storytelling which Mm -hmm. i actually like a lot because that just leaves so much room for interesting theories and stuff um so like remaking it and i don't know making that combat just a lot better which yeah (laughs) like it's just it's it's a hard game to recommend to someone like Hey, you should play this game. It's like you should watch this game. <laughs> yeah, watch someone who will play this game. I think I posted an overgroup overblood asking for tips, and someone actually said, uh, "Just you're better off just watching it on YouTube." It's like don't play it. <laughs> it's just not worth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I did not play it. I watched the cutscenes from YouTube, and I watched a little bit of the uh, combat just because I knew it was bad, and like I remember it being bad when Lisa and I played it, but. My God. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. That's, the, lock on, the lock-on works really well for an early 360 game, but I guess they had the whole PS2 era to figure that out. Only in some some enemies it doesn't lock on at all. At least in my version, it wasn't locking on things. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the second to last boss, I was trying to lock on to him, and it was aiming like three feet in the air above him. I'm like, well, okay, that's not going to work. The lock-on system is very bad. The boss fights are just... You just, oh my god, they're awful. <laughs> yes, they are. Luckily, there's only three, four. There's yeah. Only, yeah, there's only a few. They're not like they're not difficult, but they're just tedious. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just not well made. I mean, the I main thing I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. someone who hates boss fights where it's just like just shoot the enemy over and over again, and that's it. You know, on their weak spot or whatever. It's just uh, okay. I hate it too. <laughs> yeah. Especially now, I don't like because I with this podcast, I don't like repetition in games. Like if I, well, I mean, I don't like I don't like mindless. Like we're gonna make this game three hours longer just because. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. Right. Good thing this didn't come out in 2002. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were not yeah. going joke in 2002 where we played a bunch of bad games from that year, and we keep doing it too. Yep. <laughs> we love pain. Got another one coming up next week. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, uh, that's a good game. So, like, this story kind of culminates as the story progresses. Like, you find out that this town had a um, a like murderer. The raincoat murder is not a myth. That there was somebody fifty years ago that committed all these murders, and that like you kind of find out about the gas as the story progresses, where there was somebody like some experiment that went on when it rained, and that's why all the residents hide during the rain. Like, I thought that's also very interesting when you get to those points. Like that, that's what kept me going with this game the first time, where I just I had to know. Yeah, what I. I feel like it gets so much more interesting in that latter half. Like once mm-hmm. Harry gives that whole exposition <laughs> about the gas, like kind of silly how you get like all that information just from Harry. But um, yeah, I feel like that that's really when it kind of dug its hooks into me where it's just like, okay, like there, there, there is a mystery that's been going on for years and years and years. And, and it also, there's like two raincoat killers and um, I don't know. <laughs> it just gets so crazy. And like you find out, like, because Harry, when you first meet Harry, he's always wearing a, a gas mask. And then you find out yes. why, because he knows about what happened 50 years ago. So he doesn't trust the air in the town. 
Yeah. I love that they gave an explanation for that and why he uh, kind of says everything to his servant, Michael, who then repeats it. Like, instead of just making a weird character for weird sake, they, they actually explain the gas mask and whatnot. But I don't understand why his assistant always has to speak in riddles. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. sus. So He's a very passionate man. <laughs> <laughs> ah, they're all passionate. Uh, and there's also hints throughout this game of like what's happening. Like the killer's license plate, which I think we're about to spoil. His license plate in the original version says he is the one. Uh, <laughs> I did not catch that. I wouldn't have either. There's the only license of... plate I really caught was the one that spells out spy fiction. Thanks. Okay, I know that game. Also, in the very beginning, like when you come out of the woods somebody comes out behind you that would happen to be in the woods with you, which is a kind of a hint that maybe something odd's going on. There's a lot of hints to that hmm. throughout this game of what's really going on. And and you, the criminal profiler, get none of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he says George and he's like, the killer is exactly who I thought it was. Like, whatever, dude. Yeah, after he got tied up and beaten, then he thought, like, oh, I think I know who it is now. Well, <laughs> then. Freaking York. They should have called in Norman Jaden. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. He would have done so much better. I was having some some like real heavy heavy rain vibes during this game. Heavy, heavy rain. Right? <laughs> yeah, same actually. That's yeah, imagine how that comparison. VR would have looked with these crappy graphics. Okay, I still would have peed my pants if the shadows came at me. I know that everyone looks back on heavy rain and <laughs> kind of laughs at it at this point, I think, but I I got my PS3 for Heavy Rain back in the day. Yeah, it was one of the first games I got too. Yeah, this was... is a great time to plug one of our older episodes. Um, I can't remember <laughs> the number. <laughs> we we did an episode on Heavy Rain. Fifty something, yeah. I think. I've I've looked at it many times. Does that count? But my memory yeah. is just it's just shit right now. Totally. Long um... before my time, I got nothing for you. Good game though. <laughs> yeah, great good game. game. And Helena's on it. Yes. It has plot holes, but yeah. (laughs) Elise, I don't want to have to fight you during this episode, but if you (laughs) talk any shit about Heavy Rain. I'm not wrong, though. (laughs) All right. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking it up right now just so I can plug it, and I can't remember when the hell it was. That might have to be one we revisit with the same crew at some point. That'd be fun. Oh, my God. That would be so fun. Yeah, I don't know if you you mean it, but... I would be down. <laughs> Let's do it. We came up with the plan. Amazing. But yeah, Helena and I will probably fight. <laughs> I'm ready. I like heavy rain, but I also have my own like criticisms towards the story. I'm fine. Yeah. With okay. Okay. <laughs> so, also thinking about putting Indigo Prophecy on for next season. Oh, I have no... Indigo Prophecy. Oh my God. That's a blast from the past. David Cage, man. Uh-huh. I'm guess then if we do it. <laughs> Sounds like it. I actually really liked Indigo Prophecy, but also completely ridiculous oh my god that <laughs> half of the game is just completely bonkers i've played like the first half hour i really don't remember anything other than you start in a it, bathroom it's normal <laughs> like a normal mystery for the first and then it just goes in like the strangest directions later on just like makes no sense why does that sound familiar it sounds like a game we just played sure does <laughs> it sure does uh, i I, I get sad in this game. Like I so early on, Mike messed with me. He's like, Emily's gonna be okay, right? And I'm like, Yeah, she'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And- <laughs> <laughs> you lied. I was like, I man, know. I really like Emily. And then like she dies, doesn't she? <laughs> like Yeah. Ugh. But I, I I straight up lied to him. I'm like, I can't tell him that ruin the stories. I'm like, no, nah, she's fine. And like when you get so later on in this game, things start to really kind of cause um George okay, the raincoat killer you find out is actually George. 
Spoiler alert. And here's the part. It's near the end when I think it all finally starts to come together. After he's killed the four girls, you have the murder with Becky, which is when the story really starts coming together. I think. So, so we kind of mentioned Becky's in the bar Galaxy of Terror that you have to go into after Thomas, who is the assistant to George, has went missing. And you think Thomas might be the killer because somebody stole the files from 1955 and got rid yeah. of them. And so you start thinking Thomas is involved because it had to be someone who could get into the office. And George is framing Thomas because he's trying to, you know, he's just going to sacrifice him and say, oh, he's the killer. Screw, you know, that way you don't know it's me. His plan didn't work out because he put him in a briefcase and threw him in the river. All York needed was a coffee cup with that location on it. I can take it as a like the idea that it's a spiritual realm trying to help him. Like, yeah, that could be. Huh? That. That, that's going to be my way of justify it. Whether or not that's what they meant, that's how I'm going to take it. We haven't really talked about the prophetic coffee yet. Well, <laughs> York can kind of see the future somehow. <laughs> never explained but yeah i started calling it oh god i don't even know if i can pronounce it baristology <laughs> <laughs> like fk it's in very the silly the first line of the game which makes absolutely no sense unless you beat the game but hey welcome deadly premonition so as like, like that's the part that really kind of gets me when you're in the when you're in the basement of the galaxy tear and you find your little like sex club room or something mm-hmm. and that's when you find becky's been cut open too but she has all like all these seat so Becky's conscious, I think, right? But she's—I can't remember exactly. All I remember is Becky and yeah, the family. She wasn't dead yet at the time you find her, I think. Yeah, because she shoves the seeds in Emily's mouth, which is what makes Emily end up overdosing on the seeds. Right. You just rescued Kason from somewhere, and he's with you at this time. Oh, you're talking about Carol. You said Becky. Oh, I did say Becky. Oops, Carol. Sorry, Becky's the one that's hung by the ropes. God, yeah. I can't straight. It's okay, yeah. they all kind of, like, mesh into my brain, too. <laughs> They're all not that far away from the same... The models aren't that different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that that one gets me, like, when he when she overdoses her on the drugs, and I, and I knew where the story was going, and he... and he So he ends up... So he ends up finding out that, that Thomas is the killer, and he's gonna go hunt down the killer, and... Or did they already kill Thomas at this point? No, because you fight him as Emily. Yeah, no, okay, this is after... I skipped a part. The, something happens where... York goes to Galaxy Terror, gets hit in the back of the head by a shovel or a wrench by Thomas's sister. They take York to the clock tower and tie him up in the mm-hmm. clock tower. Mm-hmm. And then you're Emily and Kaysen are looking for York. And you have the dog leading you around town in a very mismatched pattern. It's really annoying. Okay. And then in the watchtower is when Emily first, or the clock tower is when Emily first ends up seeing the shadows herself. And you have to run up and fight Thomas in a very stupid boss fight. <laughs> that does yeah. not lock on to him at all. Felt like a very dead, dead rising boss fight with him jumping back and forth between the giant gears. And the the other thing that I gotta ask is how the hell did York, this criminal profiler, not who knows these red seeds are connected, never picked out the guy that's carrying a red sapling with him every single second you see him? <laughs> <laughs> he not put something together like hmm. He cradles it like a little baby, walking around with it. Yeah. <laughs> he starts to, to uh, he's asking Polly about it because Polly's like, oh, he he gives one of those to everyone. He's like, is there ever someone that he doesn't give it to? And she just refuses to answer him. <laughs> like, and then he just drops it. Like, oh, never mind. Must not be important. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand. I do not understand how he could be walking around with this. And like, criminal profiler just doesn't get it. I, I'm like, York, you, you stupid piece of shit. Because he's not good <laughs> at his job. He's not. <laughs> 
And I think he kind of realizes that at one point where he's like, oh, I'm useless. I let these women die. But like, I don't know. It's yeah, he's not very good at his job. And the, whether it's a spiritual realm helping him or I don't know, just like fate in his coffee cup. Uh, <laughs> he ignored the, that the way, too. <laughs> the way he comes to his conclusions is very silly. Not actually not actually related to logic at all. Which, like, he brings up at some point, actually. He's like, you don't always have to listen to logic to solve murders. Like, uh, along those lines. I was like, dude, really? <laughs> I, that's not how this works. Just listen to your Folgers cup. It'll give you all the answers. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently in this world, I guess maybe that's true. So. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know how he got out of the academy. Like, <laughs> he uh, is a hack. Hey, oh, God. <laughs> I have so many beefs with York. Um... It's okay. He deserves it. I'm just going to double down on this. He's so weird. No one wants to like deal with him. So there's like, give, just give him whatever he wants. Make him go away. Yeah. And that can work. So I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to unpack York's psyche. Um, slash not York's Zach's. So yeah, um, okay. we can get there a little bit after this part, the story kind of comes together and York finally figures out that, because throughout the game, you see these scenes of his parents getting murdered or his mother getting sh- almost is dying and his father shoots himself in the face after you think he killed the mother and you're missing a scene. Well, finally, way late in the game, you find out that Forrest Kaysen, this big, fat, friendly guy that's selling saplings is, hey, guess what? He's, he's not human. He's a demon. And it ends up clicking that he was actually there when York's parents were killed. And then you find out that he slapped York, who was not York, was Zach at the time. And ends up having a split personality. And that's where Helena wanted to take over. Yes. <laughs> I'm so ready to talk about this because, like, I, I opened up my DSMs. I was looking into it. Okay. So, in 2010, when this game was made, uh, DSM-4 was out. And the DSM is the Diagnostic Statistical Manual. And that's how psychologists diagnose mental illness. And so, at the time, uh, multiple personality disorder was a diagnosis. And... Since the DSM-5 came out in 2013, that's been changed to dissociative uh, identity disorder. So um, people with MPD slash DID, the reason that comes about is due to a very significant trauma. And it's kind of a f- like a combo of dissociation and memory suppression. And then like your brain working in a way to try to help you process the grief by giving you an out so that like your traumatized brain can kind of like take a seat while this other personality takes over for you. So Zach experienced, well, he witnessed his parents both dying, his mom being murdered and then his dad killing himself. Um, And he created this alternate personality York to like help him out. And so York talking to Zach this entire time. He's not talking to like an imaginary figure. Well, kind of. Um, he's just talking to his other personality, which sometimes patients with dissociative identity disorder do talk to other personalities. However, um, depending on the personality who's inhabiting the person at the time, the other personality isn't making memories. So they have these blind patches where they can't remember anything. And so York not remembering about... Um, his parents dying, that would make sense. Um, I totally stand by the diagnosis of this associative identity disorder for Zach. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. Um, I, you know, I didn't go as deep as you, but I, 
I mean, I thought the same sort of same thing, right? Where a deep trauma happened, he pushes it out of his head and he, you know, has these split personalities to cope. So your theories make a lot more sense than the one that was in my head during this game. (laughs) Mine was that York was a different being that took over to help Zach process what was happening and took over Zach's body while Zach was in his brain. But I feel like that kind of is the same thing. Like, I mean, I mean, my, I heard similar, I guess. I I know you're saying like an actual being. Yeah, no, I, I, but yeah. When Zach comes back out, Kaysen does say, like, how did you get out of the out of the Red Forest or the White Room or whatever? So he's at least aware of the dual personalities within him. Mm-hmm. I still think Kaysen makes more sense. Well, yeah. It's just because I use science words. Well, no, because you have more, more to talk about than plus. I mean, in this world, it could be supernatural because of the supernatural. But at the same time, I mean, that is a real thing, so. It, yeah, that's, that's true. I, I'm curious when they created this game if they thought about all that or not, because it, it it seems to add up very very like very well, I guess you know, like I because I was thinking the same. I was like, oh yeah, this is this is split, you know, personalities and um. But I, I'm curious, like, did they actually research that or is that just <laughs> happenstance or because um, you don't know? This game. I think. Yeah, so I would have to check 2010, but I believe that um, dual personalities were like really big in the media in either that year or one of the prior years before. And mm. before the DSM switched to recognizing it as DID, it was kind of misunderstood and kind of like, I don't know, sometimes mental illnesses get romanticized in weird ways. So I agree with that. I, I think it's very likely that they researched it and that they researched that disorder when it was still being you know developed fully and probably got poor information of what the symptoms were and kind of ran with it from there like how do we make these symptoms art right yeah i'm I'm curious what the discourse was in japan too you know yeah absolutely so but i i don't know so i but i'm curious how if that was you know prominent in media at the time there too and um if that's what kind of influenced the story beats yeah, because, yeah, I, I agree. They they must have done at least some research. Uh, that's it. Just adds up way too well. Yeah. On the subject of mental illness, though, George's mom is. Do they ever say in the game which mental illness she has? I don't think so. Yeah, they just say she beats her child. Okay. Yeah. I was I was trying to find if they had anything online, but all I could find was that she was abusive, and like that's. Uh, Mental illness doesn't automatically equate abuse. There's like nothing you can get from that description. But it seems like the the game developers must have been really interested because there's a lot of like weird psychosis injur- or, um, imagery throughout the game. I, I made a reference to this line earlier, but there's a part where George talks about his backstory with his mother, how his mother would beat him with a stick or something to make him strong or something, I think he says. Mm-hmm. And then I, I like when York's just like, that's child abuse. Like, I'm like, yeah, that's. I like that part. It doesn't. I like the fact that he just calls it out what it is. It doesn't try to like, you know, how people go, oh, that's just good parenting. Like, no, no, that, that's just child abuse, guys. <laughs> like, that's not a good thing. Absolutely. I don't know. I, I, I that part kind of like, I mean, plus it plays such a big part in the story that, spoil, I think I already said, George is the killer. And because his mother beat him, he wants power. And the whole thing, what he's trying to do is have power over people. Like, there's a, a scene I haven't gotten to yet where when they find the little sex club downstairs in inside underneath the galaxy's terror bar it's all like a bdsm type thing because he wanted power over these people mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. 
I, like, and it's interesting. It's like Helena said earlier, mommy issues. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All relating back to that. Uh, and I, I didn't, I, of course, I didn't catch this, but there's a red tree outside her. I only saw this because of a YouTube video. There's a red tree outside George's house, outside the police station, and in the garden of where like all these red trees are by the cemetery that's supposed to reference. And then you kind of figure out that the reason the red trees by George's house, because that's what happened to his mother. Mm. Find out yeah, what later when you actually find her husk of a body. With yeah. The tree sticking out of it. Oh, yeah. Super, super gross. <laughs> the whole thing with the red seeds is that you, that if you digest them or have them shoved in you when you're killed and you do something to make them activate, they suck away your life force. And then the tree sprouts. Because Casey makes a comment, once these trees sprout, nothing can stop them, but I'm the only one that can make them sprout. And it didn't occur to me till this playthrough. And later on, they went, oh, I think I know what's happening here, and I do not like it. Nope. But Yeah, I think it's fairly clear that Kaysen is um, raping these women. Uh-huh. Yeah, and yeah. The seeds are an aphrodisiac, plus they make you hallucinate, so they think it's someone else that they love, not this, not the psychopath demon that's raping them. Yeah. Which is just... They hit me kind of this time. I'm like, oh, I did not catch that. So when I still thought Kaysen was human, I'm like, wow, this is like the worst villain in video games. Like, <laughs> oh, it's just this despicable person. And the fact that he like turned out to be a demon, I'm like, okay, that okay, that, that kind of tracks. But I also <laughs> like that the demon is, you know, this this fat guy because the idea of him being this bigger guy that might people might people like, oh, he he's a nobody. He's just some you know, overweight guy, lazy. Like that's the idea that people might think of someone like that, and that would help them not realize that this guy is, you know, a terrible person and not human however to play devil's advocate (laughs) we could also talk about how toxic it is to um demonize larger bodies and always make Mm -hmm. uh fat people the villains in video games about that point that makes yeah punchline or villain for sure Mm -hmm. a lot of the time and in, in not just games, but media in general. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's why I tried never use that as an insult to anyone ever again. I mean, insulted. if we're gonna talk about right. stereotypes, if we're gonna talk about stereotypes, I mean, this game is rife. With, <laughs> yes. With, uh, yeah. Poorly thought out, sometimes offensive, downright offensive stereotypes. Absolutely. You know, like Tommy's character, frankly, pissed me off. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thomas, sorry, not Tommy. Oh, okay. But, uh, oh yeah, no, I okay, Thomas. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Just like I, I, I knew it the first time I saw him, like the his like walking animation when he comes up to you in the sheriff's department, and I was just like, oh no, are they gonna make like a really bad like gay kind of stereotype? It's just like I don't, I don't want them to do that, and then they do. Complete with being an amazing chef. You know, like they they villainize him, and then they, uh, like, gosh. Losing my train of thought for a second. But, you know, they like his mental instability and stuff. It's just like, okay, the one gay character, like, you just make him look super unstable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. All right. Great. And he's also being abused by George, who's taking advantage of him because he makes comments like, I don't want to do, I don't want to do what he wants, but I don't have a choice. Like, that's also not very pleasant either. Like, the, a lot, of, I can see a lot of that stuff is just a little outdated. But 2010. Yeah, that, was, that was not very cash money of George, was it? <laughs> no. It's like Thomas Fawn. Thomas Fawn loves George to the point of having the that tattoo on his back. Yeah, he I mean, does. It, it does fit George's character where he wants power over people, so he goes after people who he's able to seduce or be able to manipulate because he was. I don't really understand like Thomas's sort of descent into like I don't know. He just seems so like crazy nearing the end. I was like, I'm I'm not understanding like 
where that's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of it makes sense, but I mean, like certain stuff, but then it, it does go too far. Yeah. Like him maybe covering up a murder, like throwing away the evidence for George can make sense. Here, he, you know, he worshiped this person like, OK, I'll, I'll get rid of this that you want me to do. But some of the other stuff just, yeah, it does seem a little extreme. Over the top, right. Like when he commits suicide by jumping off the tower when he's dying to land face face first in the hook. Like, <laughs> um, uh, no, I would. No. Nope. Yeah, that's just, shock. that's just shock value. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, video game. totally. Yeah. I, I, I didn't I don't like Thomas in this game because I just don't like I don't like that boss fight at all. Yeah. I really don't like that boss fight, but I mean the character. I mean it's interesting, like the way that they that certain parts of it, like how they have, like because I didn't realize put you know any of the things together until later on in the game. I, I think it's interesting, but I do agree that I don't like how they villainify. They you know they don't fight stereotypes that shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, like obviously it doesn't hold up to uh, the 2020s. Um. <laughs> yeah, but also, like, yeah, I can understand, especially this would have made in the 2000s. Because I've said a lot of things in 2000 that, especially early 2000s, I, that I will never say again because I grew up as a person. So I can kind of understand that too. Yeah, I yeah. I like to call that um, suspending feminism uh, when you look at things from an older generation, where like you you can't you can't look at it with the same eye that you have right now. You just have to suspend your feminism for a little while and just... Um... <laughs> she went up on it, but yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I just thought about, like, in general, like, things I would have said in middle school or, you know, high school, and I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> like, yeah, I, of course. Yeah, I, mean, I think we all different. have that, right? Yeah. Yep. Times change. We grow as people. We learn, you know. We're all dumb kids at one point. We're all ignorant. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's, that's the way it is. I mean, that's kind of how I... I, I I t- but I, I I do like your version of, of not version, but the words that you just use that I can't think of a phrase I want to say. It makes like suspending feminism. That's cool. Yeah. Hey, sometimes it, you gotta do it, but you have to always turn it back on afterward. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Right, other thing, and like with everything with George, I think is like when you find out that he's not cutting their tongues out, he's biting their tongues out. I'm just Ugh. like, Ugh. how could you? One, the amount of force you would have to do to do that. Like I just like. I know. I mean, I can understand, like, if you're a psychopath killer and you're like, okay, I'm going to cut her tongue out. Like, okay. But biting it, just, I couldn't, uh, yeah, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's just is. More... I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it's more at least saying that it's just more shock value. Like, it is oh, weird. Yeah. I think it's just weird for the sake of being weird. Yeah, there's not really much point to it. I, I think it's a total power move to the end to bite someone's tongue off that is, like, designed to scare the person that you are killing. And feel that last bit of power before they die. Yeah, because yeah, it's all about power with him. So yep, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, and his with him, he's got significant trauma from his mom. I think shutting up the women that he's dealing with is probably really important to him. Oh, okay. I didn't think about you, that. But that oh yeah, take taking away their voice. Mm-hmm. It's like a very good. <laughs> well, not good, but uh, <laughs> a <laughs> yeah, a successful power move. Yes, I swear to God, I'm not a serial killer. <laughs> You're just like, I mean, I've looked into, I mean, I've watched tons of things about serial killers. I got really into like what people, what, what mindset people are in to do that. So I, I, I understand. I mean, it's fascinating is the thing. There's a morbid curiosity for sure on my part too. Absolutely. I actually wanted to be a criminal profiler for a long time. <laughs> I was why. just going to say you're better than York is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You should be the protagonist and Deadly Premonition. Excellent. I look forward to becoming the new main character. Um, <laughs> Deadly <laughs> Premonition 3. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so and, and as the game, like as you find out more about the seeds and there's a part where you end up 
after Emily gets overdosed and you put her in the truck with Cason that you trust. And he's like, he's like, Cason, take her to the hospital. And then you go after George inside the police station. That part hit me really hard this time because like I knew where this was going. I'm like, no, no, don't let her go in the car. But of course, you don't have a choice. It's, it's a video game. And Cason even says, like, you need to come too." It's like, I can't be held responsible for what happens next. I know. <laughs> he knows what he's about to do, and I I hate this part. Like I I I also didn't enjoy the fight with George, where George becomes <laughs> a demon George. But that oh, where, where he turns into a Sura from a Sura's wrath. Yes, <laughs> I did not. I mean, it's a fine fight. Like it wasn't terrible. You just had to get him the you know video game things where he throws his back and he shoots his back. And it's just I wasn't in the mood for it because I yeah. wanted. It. It's, it's not great. Like it's we've said, not, the boss fights good. are dumb. They're all they're all terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, especially the and but, so after, I like how George dies though. Like he's like I'm invincible and he hit by lightning and then the lightning kills him when he when he goes when you go back into the regular world he can't sustain the damage that he took in the in Silent Hill world so he just dies. Yeah, it's because George is a little bitch. <laughs> I hate George. I hate everything about George. In this game. Yeah, he, he is. I think the worst character. Uh, stupid handlebar mustache. <laughs> I also I I'm kind of frustrated with the whole like. Oh, so he was abused as a child. Therefore, he's looking for power. Therefore, he's a killer. And it's just like, it feels like it's taking those concepts and really simplifying them. Or also, <laughs> once again, stereotyping them. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, like that whole like, oh, I was abused as a child. Therefore, that's why I'm a murderer is such a frustrating trope that you find in horror. Mm-hmm. You're yes. a murderer because something just isn't clicking right and you don't have empathy and you made very bad choices. It, I mean, you know, and we never see like, okay, so like, <laughs> let me get up on my pedestal. Um, we never it. see like female serial killers who uh, like blame all their issues on or like all their killings on their daddy issues or like do anything like that. However, we always see the trope with male serial killers in media where like they have significant mother issues and that's why they kill women. Yep. Like it, in in that same breath, kind of vilifying women. Absolutely. Like, women are the problem. That's what this game kind of says, isn't it? Yeah. That's because that's the, a, a very bad miss. Like, that's society sometimes. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think it's we're a- getting away from that more, but it's still there, especially with people that were born in a different age. They still don't let it go. Eh, like, maybe. <laughs> I mean, one comment I want to bring up that unrelated, but it made me think of back when, when in 2016, when Hillary ran for election, I remember watching a random clip on the news where someone, they went and interviewed someone that came out of a, uh, out of you know election place and they asked the woman oh do you want to see a woman pre- president she must have been like her 80s or 90s she's like hell no like we're too emotional and i'm like Ugh. Oh, and it was no. like that. i might be exaggerating <laughs> the words but it was something to, but she definitely did say no and she did say something about a woman couldn't do the job or something of that nature and she wasn't it's like but you know kind of like what society you know forces into people's brains that's you know it's bullshit and then we got a president who's holding yeah. the office hostage because he's having a tantrum <laughs> but yes, women are emotional. Yeah, it's not not very passionate of them. Silently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, eh, we go there sometimes. It's fine. So <laughs> I'm just happy those days are over with. Or about to be over with. Maybe. Soon. Anyway. <laughs> I just, I hate the character and everything about him makes me upset. Like, Can I we... just. Uh, Sorry. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just about to say, can we talk about his handlebar mustache? Yes, it's so stupid. <laughs> I hate it so much. 
Is that because I don't I don't get it. <laughs> he looks really strange without the hat. When he took off his hat and he's wearing like that weird whatever outfit he's wearing, I'm just like, put the hat back on, please. Shot <laughs> <laughs> works for me for some reason. Yeah. Keep the, the weird gimp costume on, just put the hat back on. I was okay with the costume, just not the hair. I don't know. But it's just weird. The whole this whole game is just a very strange game that didn't it made more sense to me after I watched YouTube videos that help explain things in a way. Yeah. Yeah. But we should get to the to a little bit past this. So after you kill George and you wake up in the hospital and you're like, where's Emily? And he's like, Emily, Emily's not here. He's like, but, but Cason brought him. He's like, oh, Cason brought you. And that's when that's when you finally go to George's house, find George's mother dead. And he puts together the pieces that Cason was involved with everything. Yeah, and- I was so frustrated at that point because I was like, York, you idiot. You literally <laughs> gave like you literally gave the demon slash killer, you know, Emily. You literally put her in a car with him. What were you thinking? <laughs> yeah, and, and like right before you talk about, ah, you know, I might ask Emily out for a date. And I'm like, yeah, no, you aren't. It's like, ah, <laughs> that ain't gonna happen, buddy. You just doomed her. That ship sailed. That made me so upset. I, I have not been upset about a character dying in a game like this in a while. You it's know, like, this is I, I, I also <laughs> really don't like the lead up to her death. The kind of the choices that come up that aren't actually even choices. Like, I don't know if anyone's played older adventure games that, um, like, a trope in older adventure games, like Monkey Island and stuff, like, there are dead ends to certain, like, puzzles, like, uh, and I get the sense here, that's kind of the same thing, but change puzzles to choices, where, like, you choose, you know, certain decisions in that ending sequence, as long as it's not, like, shooting Emily, every other one was a dead end, and it's just like, nope, start over, I'm just like, ah. This is such bad design. Yeah. You don't even shoot Emily either. Right. Is... Like you, it, your, your decision isn't even, you know, a decision. Like it, it's just like, <laughs> it just brings you to the next scene, which isn't even, yeah, what you chose. So that whole, like, ugh, that annoyed me. Uh-huh. It's, I mean, that part where she pulled, like, cause what, so after you leave Emily and you find her, you find a tree sprouting out of her like stomach. And it's just, it is. Because, I mean, I knew what was happening. I'm like, oh, and that's when, that's when you realize she gets up and you see that the tree has sprouted inside of her and everything just looks, that part is really disgusting. Just with, like, what's happening. Like, we've been. She, she even says she got soiled. And I wonder, God, I wonder if that is supposed to be a pun because there's a tree growing in her. Like, I, I wouldn't <laughs> I mean, put that. I'm thinking a couple different ways. Like, yeah, like... yeah. I think it's meant to be the, the worst way, but I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if the writers are, like, kind of tongue in cheeks, like, haha, she got soiled. Oh my god. It's, it's even worse now. I wish you wouldn't have said that. <laughs> so I'm just like, I mean, I was like, okay, and then I'm like, wait a second. If it's a pun, that's even worse. But uh, it just bothers me. Like when and then Emily rips the I like the fact she rips the tree out of her because she's like, I'm not going to be defiled by this this thing, which again could be a metaphor or something else I just realized now that I'm saying it. And yep. I, which I did not think about when my mouth started moving, but it makes it a lot worse. So, I mean, it's just it's such a that scene hits me. Like when she died the second time for me playing this game, I'm just like, why are you going to kill Emily? Like why Emily? So like question here, Emily is the only woman who ripped the tree out of her, right? Like all of the other women, it was like up to their husbands to kill them or yeah, just let the them only suffer. One that, she's the only one that takes ma- like matters into her own, like independent hands. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's so she, she kind of chooses her fate in a way. Exactly. And mm. good, good for her. Yeah, Not- that I appreciated. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it, it's I mean, I didn't like her dying, but it is it, it is cool like that aspect of that she did, you know, she's making her own choice. She's not relying on a man to do it. Yep. Which yeah. I didn't think about you guys just said that either. So I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it makes sense. I just my brain didn't comprehend I guess my brain was too busy being upset that she died. Yeah. I really was. Like I usually don't I mean it's a video game. Like I know, you know, it's a story. It's a story. Like but this one kinda hit me. Like it, it bothers me that she dies in this in this game. It's like I said at the top of the episode, like everything about Emily is designed to make you like her because, like I said, it's the crux of the story that George goes on this whole killing spree because he couldn't have Emily. So he's like, well, I'm just going to kill everyone, apparently. And that's because George is a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Accurate. That whole, like, power fantasy and everything with him, like it, I mean, it does kind of fit like certain mentality of or ideas with men that like he can't have what he wants so he's gonna like, go psycho and that's on toxic masculinity <laughs> yeah very bad and i'm not gonna go into yes. this episode but i could like it, it it affects people in ways that you don't always realize and yeah yeah mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. bad and i make sure not I, I try to never say like i i have made a general conscious thing never to say things that are talk that are talking masculine like just just don't ever let that come out of my mouth like, I hate when people say, oh, just be a man. Like, no, shut up. Like, don't say no. that. <laughs> like, I hate that. Oh, apparently I misspoke. And the second game does take place after this one. I thought it was a prequel. It was a prequel, too. Apparently, oh. and apparently Emily plays some kind of part in it. Oh, what? have none of us played it? Because I have nope. not. I have not played it. I don't think I'm going to, from what yeah. I've read. Yeah, I haven't heard a lot of good things about it. I can find it for under 10 bucks. I will buy it and play it for the show. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'll We'll leave that up to the listeners. Like, if you want us to play it, we'll play it. No, I ain't spending 50 bucks on it. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I lost 60 bucks on a game was Breath of the Wild. I've been upset ever since. So, ever again. <laughs> Sorry to hear about your poor taste in games. Yeah, you're ridiculous. It's amazing. I know. I, everyone's been telling me that. And one day I'm going to buy it for Switch for $60 again because Nintendo won't, you know, lower the price and I'll play it. Oh, the only thing we should talk about back to the or something, we talk about the final boss fight, which again is bad. But like one thing they do throughout this game, like so after Emily dies, you find out Kaysen is a demon. You find out Kaysen and everything with with his mother and how the Zack thing we already talked about. And then you get into a, a weird boss fight where he comes like a demon and rolls around and you have to shoot him when he's hanging in, in a th- it's just an odd fight. Yeah. God. And then then you got then when he when he when he goes Super Saiyan. Well, I guess it's kind of super. No, actually, he's more Power Rangers, where you beat the boss the first time and he gets really big. The next, yeah. So it's Power Rangers. George goes Super Saiyan. Oh yeah, yeah. So he goes when he goes. the Power Ranger part. You have to shoot the doll in his hand. That was oh, interesting. It, even in between that is where you're running down the God. Where God. Are you? You're in the theater, so you're running yeah. down the spiral staircase and like just mashing the A button the whole time. Oh my God, it goes on forever. <laughs> that part was terrible. And I had a hard, like, my hand got tired of hitting there with the joystick back and forth. I'm like, I'm not having fun. I also yeah, don't like Christmas, I found bad. out. Oh, I, I just realized we haven't talked about the rain killer chase sequences. They're uh, also uh, just uh, equally uh, as, as bad. <laughs> the instant death QTEs that come with it. It's just, actually, I found those sequences made him, made the raincoat killer way less scary. Like, the first time <laughs> I remember, I remember the first time I saw him, I'm like, oh, shit, that's really freaky. And now I just, like, look back and I'm like, He's goofy as hell. <laughs> Turns out all you have to do is run into a room and hide in the locker and he can't find you as long as you hold your breath. <laughs> the holding, if you don't hold, if you holding hit- your breath thing was was funny, too. I don't get that. Like, oh, I found out holding if you get down. out. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. Oh, you're, if you get out, you die instantly. I found out. Because yep. I thought yeah. I had to get out and run when he was like at the furthest end of the room and he just beelines to you and slashes you. <laughs> 
But it's okay during a running minigame. As long as you hit X, you'll just roll underneath his axe. But God forbid if he sees you when you're not already God running. forbid. <laughs> and those scenes were annoying. But oh, yeah. I strangely like them, other than the controls. Like, if I just didn't have to hit controls, like, I would have been more okay with it. Mm-hmm. The, the tapping got me, the left and right, left and right. That what really irritated me. The, I can handle that. A. Yeah, your finger gets tired, like, uh-huh. just over and over again. Especially, then, like, yeah, one of the last times you do it, you have to do, like, two or three of them in a row, where you're just zigzagging across this room, and, ugh, it's dumb. Once again, bad design. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. <laughs> It's right up there with Trail and Nick all the way to the freaking museum that's on the outskirts of town. It goes, and uh, if you're listening to this, I haven't played the game, and you're going to, don't turn on the siren during that part. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like he started to get away from me, like, oh, crap, I need to speed up a little bit. And I turn the siren, you instantly fail. Yep. Like, okay. And then York's like, we'll just wait, do this again tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> I didn't have that happen to me, thankfully, but I, I did read about it because I never hit the siren because the sound was just terrible and I didn't want to hear any sounds. <laughs> but I also didn't realize the siren speeds you up or I might have done it sometimes. It's not enough to be useful. Oh, and that run down the stairs was was brutal. That that oh, was yeah. making me very upset. Yeah, it's dumb. And I, I didn't hate the final fight, though, like or the second to final fight where he has where you have to, or I guess it's the final fight where he's trying to smack you and you have to shoot the doll on his hand that I could never hit. And cause the lock on is terrible. And I mean, it wasn't I didn't mind it too much. I didn't enjoy it, but I didn't mind. Yeah, I enjoy I, I I enjoyed I did enjoy things about this game. That wasn't one of them. But I do like the fact that the doll is everywhere. Like multiple people are holding a little case and doll and, and, and no one once questioned, why do people have a case and doll? <laughs> it is it's everywhere. just merchandising. <laughs> or his sapling business. <laughs> and I do like how the game tells you right in the beginning that when the, the map that you see early in the game has little case and dolls all over the map in different spots where the murders happen. And yet even me, I forgot that that was there by the time I meet Kaysen for the first time, what the game expects you to forget. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't put that together. Mm-hmm. It's because it's four hours later about a gameplay. They're like, the game's like, you're not going to remember this little scene after all the weird stuff we throw at you by the time you get here. Yeah. Which hmm. worked. I remember something. I mean, and then I did get I get really confused in the second part of the demon fight where you have to climb up Kaysen's arm and then shoot the doll in Kaysen's shirt. I kept shooting his face like, why isn't this working? And I read <laughs> off. Yeah. He turns around and like hides the doll in his little overalls pouch like a weirdo. Don't yeah. like, don't fake. Behind it, <laughs> then you kill him, and then it's kind of over with. Mostly, yeah. I guess. like there's an epilogue where you're driving back somewhere, and you see Emily, you see Emily in the red dress, and okay. Anyone else think it's weird that Harry had a picture of all the girls that got murdered? <laughs> yes. Put two and two together, like yeah, they're even like, oh yeah, they do kind of look like the girls, don't they? Like <laughs> yeah. complete with Thomas on it. What a good profiler York is, huh? <laughs> He's so bad at his job. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> trying to get anything else about the ending. I, okay, the ending kind of hits me a little bit, like when the kids end up seeing Emily and Emily gives him the necklace. Okay, also York is Zach at this point, so Zach's hair turns white for the final fight, and York goes away, and then York's with Emily with the other girls that are all dead. That's why I also thought that York was a like a god being or some kind of supernatural being that took over, not just a but I guess a split personality could die, or I, that what it was. Anybody? The, the goddesses of the forest. They talk about quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's something to do with the red, the red forest. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it did hit me when the kids give the leaf that Emily had from her mother to to Zach, and I was like, oh, oh, oh. this game made me emotional a little bit. I don't know why. 
it's but a really good game. Good. I mean, with all of its problems, it's still a really good game. Yeah. It's very engaging. Like, yeah. I, yeah. You just get so into the story. It's just, it's so weird. But there are lots of twists and turns, for sure. Yeah, I was, I don't know, I was just impressed that I ended up liking, liking the character much like I did. Like, I actually, like, I don't have a problem with you, or, like, some people on this episode, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is his fault Emily died, so. Yeah. Yeah, correct. But still, I, I just, I don't know why, I just like him. I don't like him, I don't, when you have to, I don't like when you have to shoot things, but I like him otherwise. Mm-hmm. The eating part annoyed me, too, after you sleep or something, I have to eat food, but then I realized it really didn't matter that much. Because I had it's, some food. I, the, yeah, I was kind of worried. About... Some weird mechanics where it's like, let's be the Sims, but also let's not be. <laughs> You're right. So I was going to say, it's like, I was kind of worried when I saw that I had eating stamina and whatnot, but it never gets in the way. Because like, I think I only got low a couple of times and he's just like, oh, I should eat something soon. Yeah. It's... Eventually. And if you get too tired, you can't run. And you find food everywhere. Like, yeah, entirely like, too much. That's the thing. For a survival horror game, you sure find, like, resources everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You find delicious things like cans of pickles. <laughs> <laughs> and the worst the worst looking turkey sandwich I've ever seen in a game. That thing looks which, which, horrifying. Thank, but thankfully, at least York, like, recognizes that. He's like, this is... Or, wait, does he? Maybe he doesn't. He likes a turkey sandwich. Oh, he... No, okay, I thought he said something about... No, I'm, I'm wrong. That was that was a Let's Play, part of a Let's Play I watched, where the... Oh. The guy playing was like, this is purple. That was not York saying that. Oh, it's, it's straight up purple. Something on that yeah. sandwich is purple. Well, is um, that the sinner like sandwich he, that he's he eating? The sandwich, no. Right. No, but it's he, the turkey ones you find. But doesn't he, like, he criticizes the sandwich at first when he sees Harry eating it. And then he eats it and he's just like, oh, no, this is so good. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've got it in my notes yeah. what's on it. It's like strawberry jam and some kind of cereal. Uh, it looks yeah. disgusting. Strawberry jam and cereal. Crap, where is it? I'm going to make that sandwich. I'm going to let you guys know how it tastes. <laughs> I'm Better sure there, than me. there are YouTube videos <laughs> all over. Uh, but yeah, that, 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 that turkey sandwich picture just looks terrible. Plus, you find, we haven't mentioned this yet, but you find collectible cards in this game for no reason at all. Unless you want to just collect stuff for achievement. Achievement. Uh, so the center sandwich is turkey, strawberry, jam, and cereal. Uh, I just, for some reason, I assumed it's like Captain Crunch. I was thinking. <laughs> so gross. Lucky yeah, he, he's got it. weird tastes and stuff. What? So one thing, you know when Emily makes York the cup of coffee? <laughs> the, the worst coffees <laughs> I've ever had. But his reaction is so bizarre that like the first time I played, I was like, did he like it or did he not? Because he's like clearly impressed, but also hates it. Yeah, he's, he's definitely impressed about how bad it is, but it, it's kind of vague. <laughs> really? Once again, another passionate man. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like straight up an asshole to her. He's like, wow, this is the worst coffee I've ever had. Like, yeah, to her face. Yeah, she pissed off, too. She's <laughs> I, like, I, like, how <laughs> dare you? I like when she says, I got bad taste in men or something because she's starting to like York. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I need yeah. to think about my taste in men. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, girl. <laughs> I like that yeah, part you do. a lot. Because it is not good. Like, <laughs> York does nothing that should make her like him, I feel like. He's kind of no, he's an asshole. He's terrible. He's not even good at his job. And I mean, I, I, much as like the, the media likes to say that women like assholes, I, I don't think that's true. It's not true. <laughs> no, I, that really bothered me when I found out because I never found out he was 32 and she was 16 because I never went to the bar with him because when George asked me, come to the bar with me, I'm like, fuck you. So I never, went. <laughs> I never got that scene. I watch YouTube videos. I'm like, oh, that's just 
it's just wrong. But I, yeah, I don't. There's, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm okay with age to a certain point, but not, not in this case. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's too much. All right. Any last things we should say about this game before we go on to questions, comments, and memories that we haven't touched on? I'm sure there's plenty we haven't touched on. I took extensive notes, but it's actually too much to go through. Okay, I'm good with uh, that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's it for me. I've, I've gone on my spiel's about psychology. There's not a lot of spiel's in this episode. Yeah. But that's normal, this podcast. All right, I did ask in a bunch of different groups. First from Overblood. All I got was from Will Randolph, one of my faves. I was a few years, a few years late playing it, but once I did, fell in love with it. Just super into the overall vibe and weirdness. Okay. Yeah, I mean, same. <laughs> that, that's, what I, that's what I like about it, is just how bizarre it is. I think otherwise I'd have trouble looking past <laughs> some of the, the worst racist stuff. Yeah, like the thematic problems and also just the like gameplay problems too. But there is something oddly charming about the experience and just how weird it is. How you know, even in its like most deranged moments. It is definitely deranged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like even just the cover which you haven't talked about yet is like a girl screaming with like cracks on her face and the wrinkle killer behind. I mean, it's just a really freaky looking cover too. It's it was an odd choice because, like, the international version is I, just a bigger shot of the Rango Killer, like, standing on the street. It, uh, I, 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 I'm most curious about, like, what what was the tone supposed to be? Because I don't like I play this and I'm like, is it meant to be comedy horror or have we have we made it that way? <laughs> you know, because like, it seems like there are so many moments that take like where the game takes itself so seriously and then other moments, not so much like the turkey sandwich scene uh-huh. is a good example of that. So it's well, very hard to like, distinguish what the kind of tonal intention was. I feel like it's supposed to be a mix of both. Cause like, like we talked about the top of the episode that life is beautiful. The whistling theme is not evocative of any kind of horror whatsoever. It's just odd. It's great. I love it. And, a couple other from the different group that I have, from the Giant Bomb group, from Alan J. Favorite game ever? Not so bad, it's good, but an amazing masterpiece with some rough edges. Still adore it. Shame it never got a sequel, but it's probably for the best. I mean, it did, but we can just <laughs> pretend it didn't. <laughs> I think we can pretend what... it doesn't exist. I'm fine with that. I do want to play it, though, now. Yep. It's not for $50. I was upset just I had to buy I've, this game. From what 20. I've read, it's just like, oh, like... I don't know racist stuff, and oh. I, like, I'm just like I don't. Still, I, yeah, I, that's less I, fun. I thought it was just like more jank, but oh. I'm okay with jank. I actually like jank. I think, but I I don't really. Yeah, no, I mean it's 2020, not 2010. Right. Yeah. I can accept certain shit in 2010, but I can't accept certain shit in 2020 as much because we've grown. That's ex- right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I think Swery had to like apologize for some some of the stuff in there so yeah i'm just kind of like you know i don't need this i don't need that i don't need that in my life so nah. that makes sense all right and this one from drew blanton i heard it was good and weird i started playing it, it looked like a dreamcast game they started out with the absolute <laughs> worst section of the game and it played like a bad re4 then i heard life is beautiful that damn whistle song makes the game yup <laughs> i love that whistle song it's so good i do, I do. it's so catchy it really is yeah, I kept, I can't whistle, but I kept thinking of it after I kept them playing this game. It's very cheery, and sometimes in scenes that are not cheery. <laughs> yeah, it seems very out of place. 
Is yeah. it? Does he whistle when they find a, when they find someone that's dead or something? I can't. Does they have the whistling no, still? No, okay. I don't think so. I'm trying to think of a good example, but there are definitely moments where it's a little jarring for sure. <laughs> okay, and this one from uh, Survival Horror Group from Charles Mesculo. I probably said that wrong. Unique, unique blend of horror and mystery. Great game. I mean, a lot of people actually like this game. Which yeah, yeah, they do. Uh-huh. I was surprised. Yeah. Uh, from Brianna Han, this is one of the best and underrated horror games ever. <laughs> Agreed. Um, okay, th- let's see what else I got here. From Justin Dale, this game is a horror mystery open world masterpiece. It is in my it is in my mental to stay. I'll never forget the story. It was great. FK in the coffee. <laughs> Claire's a spring morning. <laughs> oh, and last one from this group <laughs> from Jasmine C. It's funny because lunch day I found this at EB Games. The staff had no idea what it was, but it was 1999, so I bought it and took it home. Great game. Same reason I bought it. <laughs> 20 bucks. And, then, and I'm still upset. I paid 25 for this on the director's cut on Steam because it would never go on sale until after I think I bought it. I was sad. <laughs> I'm a cheap bastard when it comes to games. That's why I don't buy things at full price. because <laughs> It makes me upset. Because then I buy I buy Breath of the Wild and I don't enjoy it. I was <laughs> gonna say such <laughs> trash like Breath of the Wild. Oh, I, I really need to replay it. Uh, you yes, really you do. do. <laughs> I know it's a good game. I know it was just it had a lot to do with like I have a hard time playing a game when it first comes out where I can't look online. Like when I just and that and I could, when Breath of the Wild first came out I couldn't look online. There were no guys. I didn't know what to do. And it made me and I'm like I want the game to tell me like Assassin's Creed like go here. Here's the big mark. Do this and didn't have that and made me and that that made it harder for me. But that's on me, not on the game. I that just, is on you. So the game I, is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like, I enjoyed this open world more because this open world told me where to go and it gave me a big mark that said, go here. And I'm like, okay, that's what I want. That's how I play my open world games. All right, from the last group, I'm going to read a couple questions and I'm going to end this section. Uh, from Lewis Owen, it's a relaxing, fun game. I love the opening scene with the old man and the kids. When you would pause the game, I love the way the menu looked, which we have oh, not talked yeah, about. The oh, menu, yeah. the pause menu. It's uh, the deer head moves after a while too, which is kind of yeah. Uh, it's a very eclectic <laughs> menu. It's <laughs> a good word for it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not really sure what to say about it outside of it's the strangest pause menu I think I've seen ever in a video mm-hmm. game. Yeah, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that that kind of surpasses it. I want to say yes, but I my I'm not able to think of anything either. But I it is a pretty good one. Except for me, when I paused the game, I was still in the car. The sound wouldn't stop. So I was very upset. <laughs> no. Oh, no. The sound would not you stop. You can never that. escape the bad car noises. I'm going to need you to like record that because I need to hear how bad this is. It's already uninstalled. <laughs> I'll install for you at some point and I'll do it. It's really bad, though. All right. Uh, from Squin Squin, this game is the first thing I think of every time I hear Amazing Grace. Okay. Oh, it is in that, isn't it? Oh, we didn't talk about that section. What section? Where you actually play as the raincoat killer? No, we did not. We skipped that. the 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 original because it's uh, just after the gas got released to the town. You play as him, and I'm like, "Cool, man! I'm gonna go mess some people up." And then <laughs> it puts you on a very strict time limit. You have to just run past everyone. But it was still cool. I was very surprised. Yeah. It's a good scene. So, <laughs> All right, oh, I think- also the original Rango Killer was. Who was it? Uh, Henry's father or Harry's father. Harry's father. Yeah. I knew someone's father. And Harry's son, who he left to be, who he abandoned is George. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, we, kind of, we kind of glossed over some of this yeah, stuff. We did. It's because, yeah. <laughs> we, it's a lot to keep track of. It's a strange game. 
All right, and last one I'm going to read from Whitney Chavis. It's one of my all-time favorite games and one I put a thousand plus hours into it since it released in 2010. A thousand? Wow. wow. Oh the my game God. As outdated controls and PS2 era graphics, but what Deadly Premonition lacks in technical de- technical department, it more than makes up for with its endearing characters, charming dialogue, and engaging yet strange story. It's actually kind of mind-boggling how much detail has been packed into this little game. All right. That's wow. fair. Yeah, it's it's a very strange game to talk about too because it really gets on a lot of subjects that I didn't think about when we first picked this game. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> so they're right though. There is a lot of gameplay here for especially for twenty bucks. Like it'll keep you busy if you're gonna go for everything. I think how long had to beat it has like over fifty hours for it if you go for everything or something. Oh, I believe it. I can't remember. I know I looked it up, but I didn't do it. But I looked it up. All right, I think we should go to Shelfer Box. And uh, Mike, why don't you go first? You're supposed to let the guests go first. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like I said at the top of the show, like I was not looking forward to this game because as I've heard bad things about it. Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't know it seems like a really polarizing game. People either love it or hate it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I looked up all the stuff. Like I'm going to make this as painless as possible. I'm just going to get through it. I started this like three weeks ago just to get it done and over with. And about the time I realized that it was part who done it, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm at least invested in the story now because I love that kind of stuff. And then I kind of, it kind of, it's, I kind of fell for its charms, like in spite of its oddities. Like it definitely has its fair share of jank. And like we've talked about the crappy boss fights and tailing Nick for half an hour to flip in museum. But <laughs> I kind of ended up loving it. Like I liked driving around the town, even with, Fast travel. I still found myself driving more than I needed to. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> it's it's going on the shelf. I don't see me playing it again anytime soon. But I ended up loving loving it. Yeah, I I like it a lot too. You know, I think you put it well. It's a it's a charming game. I think not even in spite of its oddities. I think it's because of its oddities a lot of the time. It mm-hmm. it makes for a very unique experience. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think I've I've played anything else like it. I don't think there is much about it. There's <laughs> much like it. It's very unique. Uh-huh. And you want to go next, Selena? Sure. I'm definitely going to shelf this. Um, I actually kind of want to play it fully now after doing this episode. I mean, <laughs> so I <laughs> I watched the cutscenes um, just to like really really understand what was going on. But like this. It, there's just so much to this game and it is interesting and I know that I have more beef with York than I know about yet. Um, so I so I look forward to playing as him and finding all the things I hate about him rather than just a few. But um, I think it is really an interesting game. I, I still think it's... Elise, I don't remember if like at the time that I asked you to join us on this episode if I remembered that we had played Deadly Premonition together, or if I just thought maybe it would be something you're into, but I'm delighted that we are returning to it full circle right now. Yeah, I don't I don't think you you did, or I mean, I don't know for sure, because I'm not you, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why well, a terrible memory, so... <laughs> for the interaction, it seemed like uh, it may have, yeah, it didn't cross your mind, but yeah, I love that this uh, brought us back to Deadly Premonition, too. Yeah. Funny. <laughs> Weird how the world works. Right? <laughs> and Elise, how about you for this one? Shelf for bucks. Boy, you know what? I, I may end up returning to this. I don't think I'm going to shelf it just yet. <laughs> <laughs> I might play the director's cut. You know what? 
Oh, that. don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, no? Okay. Because okay. I, well, I, the director cut that I played with like the sound, like with the car thing, I might put the video online, but it was, it was like one of the worst sounds I ever had to listen to in a game, and I could not hear it. Like, that's how so it was. Specifically over- because of the grueling car noises, I should just not touch the director's cut. Well, <laughs> they talk a lot, and the cutscenes in the car and they were interesting. I wanted to hear what they have to say, but I, the, the car, even when I tried to lower the sound effects, it, I still couldn't hear them. I just hear the terrible sound of the car. Did you turn on the closed captions? Of course. I was I was reading. I just oh, couldn't. Okay. <laughs> headphones in and threw them off to the side and listened, but I wanted to hear what they were saying because I, I liked it. I liked the voiceovers in this game, and it made me very upset. So that, I, that explains why you didn't bring up uh, York's movie facts that he talks to Zach about during the long drives. <laughs> I read them quickly when I'm trying to drive and pay attention. <laughs> That's a, but you, just don't, you don't like it because he likes uh, Superman more than Star Wars. I didn't get that far, but <laughs> what Star Wars movies talking about? Last Jedi? He's one hundred percent right. No, the the first the first two Superman he said were better than the first two Star Wars. That's wrong. Yeah, I hate him. Um... <laughs> New Hope was a movie I did not appreciate till way later in life, but it's an amazing movie. He talks about Jaws and Back to the Future. It's a lot I, of good stuff. I, I couldn't pay attention to that because I'd hear. Nee, 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 nee. Terrible. <laughs> it's movie... bad. I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna find it and make a video of it. Absolutely. How terrible. It was. I hated it. It made me. It, it was one of the most like annoying times that I played a game that I've had in a while. Like where Turned I turned it into a text tone <laughs> <laughs> for someone you really hate. Oh boy. Oh, oh god, it's that person again. There are well, people like that don't have my phone number. That's fair. Turn it into my text tone. You <laughs> <laughs> don't. You don't text. We just talk through messenger. That doesn't make any noises. Well, it's about to change as soon as that's text tone. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll go last. I was actually torn between whether to make this game shelf or box for a long time. I was very like, should I do that? I'm not sure how I feel, but the game grew on me. Other than the first two hours where I was very upset, I ended up really having fun. Especially once I got the infinite SMG and I could actually shoot things and kill things quickly and did not have to <laughs> wait forever for him to shoot and reload and get arms shoved in my throat. Which I do not like watching happen, by the way. That really bothers me. Yeah, but... Yeah, that's what I think. But, uh, so... I'm putting it on the shelf. I'm really, I'm glad that we played it, Ashley. Like, I didn't think I wanted to. And I, I really didn't want to in a week when I'm working as much as I was. But I, I had fun. It's a good game. If you haven't played it, you should try it. Because it's strange as hell. And there's nothing else quite like it. Yeah, so. definitely do what I did and look up how to get the infinite weapons. Because once you can trivialize the combat, it makes it a lot more manageable. Oh, yeah. 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 It's a good point. So, going on the shelf. And, Yeah. So I have four shelves. That is not what I expected we went into this. <laughs> I, I, I kind of figured. And like you had asked me, like, how? what did you think of it? And I distinctly did not want to say anything until we got on the episode. <laughs> you wouldn't uh, answer me. Nope. <laughs> I don't blame you. All right. And uh, is it Mike? Is your pick? Was it your pick for next week or mine? I can't. Hear I think it. it's you. Okay, I'll introduce what we're playing next week. Next week, we're playing another 2002 game because <laughs> 2002 uh, Metroid Fusion. So stay tuned for that. Next week. Yeah. That should be good. All right. So, and Elise, since you are a guest, why don't, if you want to plug where people can find you again. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Elise Favis. All right. I'm going to have to, I think, follow you on Twitter. I don't think I am. So. <laughs> and, oh, and I guess I can bring up uh, that I work at the Washington Post. I'm a reporter. I said this at the beginning. But, yeah, launcher.gg is our homepage. So you can check out my work there. And I want to I want to thank you again for coming on this show. Or thank you for the first time, I think. I don't know if I said it. It was really awesome. You were able to yeah, join this, was, this was fun. This was fun. And maybe Thanks not a you know, really weird game, but... <laughs> so. 
no, this was a great debut, I think, <laughs> for me to come on. Yeah. No. It's a game that if I would have realized that some of the things that were in this game, I don't know if I would have put it on the show. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. I, that it had sexual abuse overtones and child abuse overtones and everything it's, else. It's got a lot of problems in that sense, but it's spicy. It is that's a that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, all right and again i want to thank helena for coming on the show again for another weird ass game like <laughs> thanks for having me hey next so, thing come on it's not a weird ass game in a couple weeks or a month i'm um, gonna be on in a couple weeks uh ocarina Hopefully. <laughs> oh sweet okay <laughs> i'll be there <laughs> for uh, your anniversary episode we're gonna be covering ocarina time Oh, honey, if you think that game isn't weird, uh, (laughs) it's not going to go the way you want. (laughs) It's less weird than Majora's Mask. Yeah, Majora's Mask is a strange, which we also covered on this show, episode 26. More tree imagery in that game. Yeah, Yeah, but the trees aren't trying to sprout out of you, so. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about how. You played it wrong. (laughs) We didn't talk about how York just did not see the the reverse peace symbol as a tree until the oh very God, end of the yes. game. Like, dude, yes. it's right in front of you the whole game. I didn't see it either. So silly. I, I just like uh, the George boss fight. That symbol is on the ground, and York is standing at one end, so it looks like a peace symbol, and George is standing at the upside down to make it like anti peace or whatever. Oh. I like that. I did not catch that. Okay, and that's about wraps up this episode. I want to thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, we covered lots of other games, lots of horror games too. So definitely check those out. We do, we do comics, we do movies. We are currently going through the MCU movies and just released Guardians of the Galaxy not too long ago. So definitely check that out to hear our wonderful ideas of the music in that movie because we go <laughs> on and on about that for way too long. Uga chaka, uga chaka. Oh yeah, oh, you got to listen to Bill's rant about uh, Pina Coladas. It's amazing. He does not like Pina Coladas. <laughs> Rain. All right. <laughs> and going to give a shout out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Bubby, a.k.a. Mike Stoney, from his EP, Bite the Bullet, Songs the Cool Kid Squad. So definitely check him out. And definitely check out Elise's Twitter handle, which you just have in there. And also follow her on the Washington, check out her Washington Post articles. And if you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.